Why do we need to rightly divide even when we study the Gospels? Isn't all the Bible written to me? Isn't the message of God the same for everyone? Hello everyone, you're listening to the Pauline Fellowship Bible Study Hour, and I am Francis Simeon. This is also being recorded for our podcast, the Workman Unashamed podcast, uh, for the audio and of course, the video and audio can be watched at our, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Pauline Fellowship YouTube channel. As you can see, I have some trouble with my throat and coughing right now. Anyway, today we will be talking about the dispensational value of the gospel of Christ. Um, we will not be able to finish the whole thing. It is, uh, this will only be part one which gives us an overview of what happens, I mean, what happened from the beginning uh, to about the time when the Apostle Paul says, I am the Apostle to the Gentiles. Part two will be more of the, the, uh, the differences between the earthly gospel, if you will, and the heavenly gospel. Again, so before... Before we do that, however, I'd like to say hello to all our listeners um, all over the globe. Uh, we got listeners, hello to our, our first and foremost to the Philippines. We just finished your elections over there. I hope you guys are safe and doing okay. Uh, prayed for you guys down there. Switzerland, UAE, uh, the United Kingdom, India. Russia, Germany, Italy, the Netherlands, Jamaica, and over, especially over here in the United States as well. Please do not forget to subscribe. Don't just hit that subscribe button. Also, hit that bell right there so you are aware whenever a new video drops. All right, let's start, shall we? Just like I said earlier, we were we're just for today going to be talking about part one, which is uh, the disp of the dispensational value of the gospel of Christ. Um, we're going to talk about from the beginning all the way to just right when the apostle Paul breaks into the scene and. Um, Again, I'd like to apologize for my voice. We've, as a family, been going through some uh, coughing spells. I guess that's just normal when when the winter breaks into spring and stuff like that. That's not, uh, that's abnormal for, I guess, maybe you guys are thinking. But we're already in summer, not in North Idaho. In North Idaho, we... We had snow just a couple weeks back, and then, so it kind of does not know if it's cold, if it's going to be cold or hot. So, uh, the dispensational value of the gospel of Christ. Genesis chapter number 1, verse number 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So, 
if your Bible says the heavens, the earth, then it is already wrong. The Bible says, or David said, thy word is true from the beginning. And if you cannot trust your Bible in the beginning, what can what makes you so sure you're going to be able to trust it in the middle and in the end? So you want to make sure that you have a uh, King James Bible. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. So there's a distinct, distinct uh, um, division there, basic division between the heaven and the earth. Now, we know who owns or who possesses, who owns because he created the heaven and earth and therefore there are gods, right? Matter of fact, in Genesis chapter number 14, verses 18 to 19, um, Bible says in Melchizedek, king of Salem brought forth bread and wine and he was the priest of the most high God and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham, of the most high God. What does that mean when somebody says, or when, when the term most high God is mentioned? What does most high mean? That means he is the possessor of heaven and earth. That's in Genesis chapter number 14, verses 18 to 19 again. When it says, when the Bible says the most high God, that means... It attributes to him that he is the possessor of heaven and earth. Again, just like Genesis 1 verse 1, we have our basic division over there. Okay. Now Satan knows this, and that's why in part of his, uh, his I wills, when he was still Lucifer, was that he wanted to be like the Most High. Remember, Isaiah chapter number 14, verses 12 to 14 says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast set, hast set in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. Hmm. I wonder where he was. When he was saying this, if he will ascend, meaning going up. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Hmm. So he has a throne, but then he, he wants his throne to be above the stars of God. I wonder where this throne was. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Well, there's a direction again. It seemed like everything is pointing up. Ascend above north. I will ascend above the heights, again, heights of the clouds. And finally, I will be like the Most High. And remember just the previous verse. And he says the Most, when the Bible says the Most High, Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. Meaning, Satan wants to be the possessor, again, of what? 
of the heaven and the earth. You see, when somebody reads, uh, and especially back when we did not rightly divide the word of God, when somebody reads Isaiah chapter number 14 and talk about the I wills of Satan most of the time, uh, of Lucifer most of the time, we just sort of, uh, um, you know, spiritualize it, if you will. Make it into a devotion and completely, utterly disregard the historical and prophetical value of what the Bible is talking about. Because God said that the Most High is the possessor of heaven and earth. Satan says, I want to be the, like the Most High. He wants to be, he wants to be like the, the one, the Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth. Well, there's a couple of things about that. Sorry. There's a couple of things about that. From the beginning, God's plan for the earth was never a secret. He would deliberately tell the people or the groups of people that he was dealing with what his plan is for the earth. Okay? That's why when we're talking about Adam, Genesis 1 verse 28, the Bible says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the heaven. Nope, replenish the earth. What else about the earth? And subdue it. It, pro, uh, pronoun, antecedent is the earth. Um, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the heaven, nope, upon the earth. So God's plan for Adam is to replenish dirt and have dominion among uh, over everything that's in it. Okay, so it's not necessarily a secret. If the enemy knows what God's plan is for the earth, it is easy for the enemy to try to uh, destroy God's plan because, you know, he, it's, it's easy to get the intel. It's not a secret. So, number two, so that's Adam number two with Noah. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So it's not necessarily a secret, right? Um, well, it's not not necessarily. Not that it's not necessarily a secret. It isn't a secret what God's plan is for the earth. And his plan is for man to replenish the earth and populate it, if you will, and subdue it uh, and have dominion over uh, the things that are in the earth. So, of course, we know that with Adam and his family, things went to shambles, and then with Noah... Uh, after a few years, everyone congregated in one part of the earth and even built a tower up to heaven, the Tower of Babel. And um, and then, of course, uh, sorry, that's, that's 
uh, you know, that's uh, leading over to Abraham. But but we know what I'm trying to say is that we know that everything, when God deals with man, um, things just turn to shambles, if you will. So God said, you know what? I am going to start dealing with one group of people or one family, if you will. And so he looked down and saw a fellow by the name of Abraham. Abraham still, Abraham still then before he became Abraham. In Genesis chapter number 13, verse 14 says, For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. The promise to Abraham and to his seed is that this land will be given to them forever. Let me ask you a question. If somebody asks you, or somebody tells you, hey, listen, you can have this car for the rest of your life, and it is your dream car, and then you say, Thank you very much, and you start enjoying it. But after one day, they say, I changed my mind. Um, I'm taking it back. Guess what? They just broke, or they just broke the agreement or the, 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 um, the gift they just took back. Well, same thing. Abraham and his seed, what? What they were looking for because of God's promise, which is in Genesis chapter 13, verse 14, which he just read, is that they, the land will be given to them forever. If it's forever and then God says, ah, I changed my mind, I'm taking you to heaven. Then God just took the gift back or the promise back, just broke his promise, didn't he? Think about that and think about why uh, Abraham's seed is looking forward while us, we, the body of Christ, are looking upward. The people of Israel, right, to this day, they are still looking forward for the kingdom to come with the king. The church, which is the body of Christ, us, we are looking up for the head of the body to rapture us out of here. Two different things, two different destinations, two different hopes. Hey, think about that. Now, in Genesis chapter number 12, verse number 1 to 3, still talking about God's promise to Abraham. The Bible says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of the country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land, say unto heaven, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great, what? From Abraham an individual, to his family, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then to the nation of Israel, I will make of thee a great, Nation, I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of 
heaven be blessed. Is that what it says? No. In thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. All scripture is profitable. All scripture is important. Every word of God is important. Amen. So that's Abraham. Now when Moses came, we can see in uh, Exodus chapter number five, 19, verses 5 to 6, of course, God took uh, the nation of Israel out of Egypt uh, under the leadership of the now spokesman Moses. And God told them something specific. Listen, I'm going to be dealing with you guys, with, with this group alone, not with everyone in the world, not with everyone in the world specifically. Uh, I'm will, I will be dealing with you as my people, okay? And then all the, all, all the uh, um, modern-day quote-unquote Christians says, well, that's not very nice of God. How about the non-Israelites or how about the Gentiles? How do they get saved? Well, God says or God shows all throughout the Old Testament that if a Gentile wants to be uh, part of God's program, then they have to go under or into um, Israel's program. There's ways. God is not the author of confusion. So Exodus, Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 and 6, all of a sudden there is a middle wall of partition between the, Jew, the children of Israel and the Gentiles. There is a difference. There is a separation. Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 and 6. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, if you will obey my voice. Oh, there's a, an if there. What is that word? Isn't that? Um, conditional if you obey action right and keep my covenant then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people not above some people above all people okay listen I love I'm from the Philippines I love the Philippines, I love the country, now I'm residing in the United States, and I love this country, but we are a heavenly people now. If you're part of the church, which is the body of Christ, then we must be heavenly-minded. What I'm trying to say is this, I love, I love reading history, I love learning, I love, I love uh, uh, being a patriot, of course, within the boundaries of uh, the Bible, of course, especially the the words given unto the Apostle Paul. Gone are the days of being a patriot. I know that not everything with our country, uh, and of course, my also my country, the Philippines, are, is positive or biblical. But I'm just saying, even though I love the Philippines and the U.S., Philippines and the U.S. are not God's chosen people. We are not the peculiar treasure above all people. 
God's peculiar treasure above all people is the nation of Israel. Let's continue reading. For all the earth is for, sorry, excuse me. For all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a and holy nation. We we talked about that a couple of weeks back. The kingdom that the Lord Jesus Christ came down to uh fulfill and to set up is a literal earthly kingdom of priests and that's why he came baptizing that's why he came anointing that's why he came and did miracles and that's why he came and healed and raised people from the dead okay um ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of israel there is a complete and noticeable difference in the Old Testament, especially when Moses came into the scene between the people of God and the Gentiles. If the Gentiles wanted to be part of the plan of God, then he has to go under Israel's program. He can't just be like, well, you know, I love God, but I'm not going to do what he asks, I'm not going to get circumcised, or I'm not going to do what he tells the nation of Israel to do. Right? So there is a diff, there is a definite and there is a difference. There is that middle wall of partition. Matter of fact, in Deuteronomy chapter number 25, verses 18 to 19, the Bible says, And the Lord hath avouched thee this day to be his peculiar people avouch also means um um the word that i'm looking for is sort of like uh certified or pledged or something like that uh, i can't i can't off off the top of my head think of the the word that i'm trying to, to think about which would be a perfect the perfect word to describe it but Avouch thee this day to be his peculiar people. As who's he talking to here? He's talking to the nation of Israel. He's not talking to the church, which is the body of, of Christ. He's not talking to the Gentiles. He's talking to do his chosen people, his peculiar people. As he had promised thee, and that thou shouldest keep all his commandments, and to make thee high above all nations. Well, sorry, that's not the U.S. Sorry, that's not. The Philippines, no matter how much we love these nations, and to make thee high above all nations, which he hath made in praise, and in name, and in honor, and that thou mayest be an holy people unto the Lord thy God, as he hath spoken. In Isaiah chapter number 40, verse number 15, Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket, and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. No matter how much we love our nation, or our country, that God's peculiar people, God's chosen people, is the people, the nation of Israel. Right? But what are they looking forward to? What we know that they're they're looking for the kingdom. We know that they're looking for their Messiah to come. But what is their hope? 
Are they all praying that God, that, that, their, that their Messiah would come and take them to heaven? The Bible says in Psalm 37, verse 22, just like, remember, God's promise to Abraham, unto you and to your seed, this land shall be given as an inheritance forever. I'm paraphrasing. This land is yours forever. So obviously they're looking to inherit the land. They're looking to inherit the earth. They're not just, you know, they're not thinking about going to heaven. To this day, if we talk to people about going to Jews about going to heaven, they, they think that you're a strange cat. For such, Psalm 37, 22, for such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. Let me uh, let me pause there. And if you go to a church, or if you are a Christian that do not rightly divide the word of God, if you do not know the distinction between the nation of Israel and uh, the church, which is the body of Christ. If you do not know God's deal, different dealings in the Old Testament with, with the Jews and the Gentiles, if you think everything in that book is written to you, then I'm sorry, but you are going, you are a worldly Christian. Your mind is about things about the earth. You're looking, you're hoping, you might say, you might say, that, oh, I'm looking forward for the Lord to take me to heaven. You might say that. You might know the lingo, but but I'm sorry. If you don't know how to rightly divide, God told God's plan for the earth. Remember, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and his plan for the earth is not a secret. God's plan for the earth is to be inherited, is to be given to the nation of Israel. Israel and God told that to, to Israel. It's not a secret. The devil was there. The devil knows that the, the earth is going to be given to Israel. Why do you think that the most uh, hated country in the world is in, in the most uh, um, persecuted country in the world is the nation of Israel? Why do you think that? It's because the devil knows, right? In the beginning, during the time of uh, of of Noah, um, during the time of Noah, God said He looked into the earth and destroyed it with a flood, because the devil caused wickedness to go on in that in the in the earth during that time. During the time of David, when Goliath was in the other side of the battlefield threatening him, threatening and laughing at the nation of Israel, David stood up and said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You know what he's saying? He's saying, Hey, there's a middle wall of partition and the ones in this side of the wall, which is the children of God, the peculiar people of God, should not be afraid because we are God's people. 
Why are you letting that uncircumcised Gentile dog making, why are you making uh, him fearful to you? Why are you afraid of that uncircumcised Gentile dog? So I said all that to say that in the Old Testament, there is a difference between the Jew and the Gentile. God's dealing during that time is with the nation of Israel. <clears throat> and if a Gentile wanted to be part of God's plan, then he had to go into the, uh, and, and, and sort of put himself under the program of Israel. Excuse me. Now, come into the New Testament books of the Bible. <clears throat> when I say that, that means after the book of Malachi, then there's a New Testament, a page that says New Testament, and then after that, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's what I meant. Okay. Um, then we have uh, brand new characters or speakers that would come in. We have, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, and then before him, John the Baptist, and then we also have his disciples that followed the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, um, before John the Baptist, uh, what they were preaching about or what they were doing and what the nation of Israel is trying to do is to follow the law. But when, the, when John the Baptist came to the scene, things changed. Luke 16, 16 says, The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man pressed into it. Since the time of what? Of who? Of John. When John came, the message was not just, Hey, listen, this is the law, we have to follow it. Okay. Now, when John came, the message is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Okay. Matter of fact, so what are they looking for? What are they looking for? What I'm trying to say is what they're looking for is still earthly things for the kingdom to come. Of course, for their king to come with the kingdom. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ came and they did not recognize him. So in Matthew chapter number 6, verses 9 to 10, when Jesus, Jesus taught them how to pray, it says, after this manner, he didn't say pray this, he said after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in where? Oh, not in earth. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom not go, come. Right? So who are they talking to? Who is he talking to? The heavenly father. And he's praying for the kingdom. He's teaching them to pray for the kingdom to come. What does come mean? It means it is for something, for, for an object or a thing or an event to come to where you are. Where are they at this specific time? They were in the earth. That's why the next statement says, Thy will be done where? In earth. What, were the, what was the nation of Israel looking for? What is their hope? 
what are they looking forward to? They're looking forward for the uh, for the kingdom to come. Okay. This is an earth, literal earthly kingdom of priests that the Lord Jesus Christ came to set up. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Think about that statement. Thy will be done in earth. So there's a will in earth as it is in heaven. So God also has a will in heaven. Think about that. Set that aside in your mind for a little bit. <clears throat> then, of course, we have we had John the Baptist. We have the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the disciples. In Matthew chapter number 10, Jesus sent the 12 out. These 12, verse 5 and 7, Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. Why? Um, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. See that? Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So still, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you are still entering into, when you read and you start reading these books from Malachi, although that page that says in the New Testament is right there between Malachi and Matthew, you are still reading into a setting where the Old Testament was still under effect. And under the Old Testament, God's peculiar people had no dealing with the Gentiles. There is still that middle wall of partition between them. So up to this time, God's dealing is with the nation of Israel and his promised earthly kingdom. This wall of partition between the Jews and Gentiles, which is there, there's a difference, will go on until beyond the cross and into the book of Acts. And if you go back to our Bible studies, if you remember the... the, the uh, Church, which is the body of Christ, is a new creature. That means there's no difference between Jews and Gentiles anymore. Meaning, the church, which is the body of Christ, could not have started until after, after that middle wall of partition is taken away. Anyway, so after now, up to now, sorry, God's dealing with... God is still is dealing with the nation of Israel and his promised earthly kingdom. But we see in the Lord's Prayer, just like we mentioned earlier, Jesus mentions that the Father has a will in heaven, as he does in earth. He does not mention what it is. It's still, if you will, hidden or a mystery. What is the will? What is God's will for heaven? God's will for earth or God's plan for earth has not been a secret. It was not hard for Satan to gather intel, in, intelligence or intel on what God's plans are for earth or what his plan is for earth because God expressly says it. Matter of fact, the devil when he was tempting the Lord Jesus Christ in the, de in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, 
40 nights, he used God's own words against him. Of course, he perverted it, so he couldn't win. Right? Now, moving forward, obviously, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the king, he came already to establish that kingdom, literal earthly kingdom. Right? Didn't come to establish the church, which is the body of Christ. He came to fulfill all the prophecy that was uh, written in the Old Testament by by the law and in the law and the prophets. Right? If we do not, let me pause here and say, if we do not know the difference, we are in grave danger of just mixing everything. That's why the Bible says. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If we mix everything up, what if we mix the mess God's message for the Jews and the Gentiles together and apply it to ourselves, we do that to our own detriment. Obviously, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. The Lord Jesus Christ came to set up the earthly, literal, earthly kingdom of priests, but they did not want it. So they crucified their king. They crucified their Messiah, and up to now, they're still looking forward for the their quote-unquote Messiah to come. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, <clears throat> when he was... In his earthly ministry, the Lord Jesus Christ gave a parable in Luke chapter number 13, verse number 6. He says, he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. And said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years um, I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumber it, it to the ground? Three years. Why three years? Well, how many, how many years did the Lord Jesus Christ have his earthly ministry? Excuse me. Three years. And still, his own received him not. Cut it down. Why cumber it, it, it the ground? And he answered, said unto him, Lord, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, when we hear that, when the Lord Jesus Christ said that on the cross, we just think about ourselves and we let our emotions run and not even think about the doctrinal value of why the Lord Jesus Christ said that. Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it. Meaning, Father, give him, give them one more year. You know, from that time, from the cross till Stephen in Acts chapter number 7 is exactly a year. Let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. And the prophetic clock Will be will be put on hold after the nation of Israel um, rejected Christ um, when Stephen preached in Acts chapter number seven. 
Now, after the cross, after the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Acts chapter number number one, ah, it might it, that must be the time when, when, here we come into the scene. It's the church, the body of Christ. Nope. They were still looking about what God's plan is for the earth. Acts chapter number one, verse six. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? So what are they still what are they still looking for? What are they what are they what are they concerned their concerns during Acts chapter number one? Still talking about the kingdom. Matter of fact, in Acts chapter number two, verse fourteen, Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, he was talking to the nation of Israel. Right? Of course, people would say, No, those those are all different countries that <coughs> that that came into Israel. Um yeah, because there's a big feast, feast of Pentecost. And uh, during that time, uh, people who were part of uh, Israel, men of Judea, would go over to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast. Acts chapter number 3, verse 19, verse 12, And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of the church, which is the body of Christ. No, he says, Ye men of Israel. Acts 4, verse 8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of what? Israel. In Acts chapter number 5, verse 29 to 31, Then Peter said, Peter and other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. Amen. And God of our father, the God of our fathers, when you see that in the Bible, that's talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, and for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Guess what? Acts 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. God's primary dealing with uh, during that time was still with the nation of Israel. Still that one year's extension. <clears throat> Just like the parable said, excuse me. But after they rejected during the sermon of Stephen, then this blue part over here, the fall and diminishing all of a sudden, God's dealing throughout time, his dealing is with the nation of Israel. All of a sudden, a fellow by the name of Paul splits into the scene, breaks into the scene and says in Romans 11 verse 13, For I speak to you Jews. <laughs> no. For I speak to you Gentiles. Inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles. I magnify my office. Here we are. 
And that's why it is so important to figure out what God's message is for you, for you and me during this time. You can't just grab it from the time of the law and the prophets. You can't just grab it from the time of John the Baptist, Jesus, and Peter, and the eleven. <clears throat> that is why the title of our message today, part one, is the dispensational value of the gospel of Christ. Because before the, before our time, when God was dealing with the nation of Israel, is that People had to believe the message and manifest their belief or their faith by doing something, whether that's baptizing or being baptized, I mean, or displaying or manifesting sign gifts. Now we do not have to do any of that. All you have to do is trust. That his sacrifice is death, burial, and resurrection. Trust in his sacrifice. Trust in his death, burial, and resurrection. His gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Everyone that believeth. How about you tonight? How about you today? What gospel are you trusting on? Are you reading over here before around you know before the cross? Um, are you reading over here during the time of King David and Moses and trusting the message that God gave to the nation of Israel? Remember, if you mix these messages, the message that God gave to Israel, and the message that God gave to the body of Christ, you do that to your own peril. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. As you can see, is definitely important. We do need to rightly divide even when we study the different um, gospels in the Bible. I'd probably say especially when we study the gospels, the different gospels in the Bible. Some people have this notion or this thought that right, right division is just for Bible school students or just for pastors or just people who study deep doctrines. No, that's when it's dangerous if you don't, actually, because you tend to steal messages that don't belong to us and apply it to us. So that is very dangerous. Is all the Bible written to me? Well, I heard the, Bible, the uh, uh, preacher say this one time, and my, uh, my dad and I talk about it quite a bit. All of the Bible is written for us, okay? But not all of it is written to us. The things that are written to us, specifically, the books that the Apostle Paul wrote, because he is our Apostle. So if you take 
things that are written outside of those books and apply it to us doctrinally, then be careful. That is troublesome. Okay? So isn't the message of God the same for everyone? Like we see, like we saw in our lesson just now and the previous previous weeks, not all of the messages, the messages of God is different when he's dealing with different people and the, definitely the messages are different as well. So um, I'd like to say thank you to everyone for your time. I hope that that was uh, easy to understand, if you will. Um, thank you for taking the time to listen, uh, especially with my annoying throat going on here with a cough, having to sip tea all the time. Um, <clears throat> so um, thank you very much for your time. I hope that, friend, if you are not saved, that you will trust in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and that no other sacrifice can save you. You cannot work for your salvation as Christ did it already for you. Well, <clears throat> you can definitely find us, the Pauline Fellowship, at our Facebook um, website, which is, I would say, which is our main website anyway. You can also find us in Instagram, uh, which is the Pauline Fellowship or TPF1611. Obviously, you know about our YouTube. Please make sure you subscribe if you haven't yet and hit that bell. Again, we're trying to get uh, live Zoom meetings. If you're interested to join those, please reach out so we can uh, set up a time. And then, um, you know, you can look for our podcast, The Workman Unashamed Podcast, in Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or anywhere you get your uh, podcast from, you know, and I understand not all, not everyone can watch the video, but uh, maybe you're sitting in a bus or a jeepney, or walking or or doing something else, then you can definitely download that web, uh, sorry, that podcast and listen to the audio. And then finally, if you have any questions or or comments or or a reaction, or if you have any prayer requests or anything, please uh, send. Feel free to send an email out to the Pauline Fellowship at gmail.com. Okay. So, well, again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for uh, listening, and I pray that these Bible studies are a blessing to you. God bless you, friends.